One thing that I see is the our relationship with work is changing. And this connects to our previous uh, conversation about opportunities. So, for example, we were taught that you have a one career, one job. Now we can have two careers and two jobs at the same time. So this is a great opportunity, not only for employees, but also for entrepreneurs. So rather than find your one startup that's going to become your business, you can run two or three startups. That was Gustavo Rossetti speaking about just one of the many opportunities he envisions for hybrid workers. In this case, sometime in the future. Hybrid work and the opportunities it is and will create will be our focus on this episode, episode number 102 of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. If that describes you, then this is the podcast for you. If you're a freelancer, a startup or small business, a well-established company, a nonprofit, or even someone thinking about a second or possibly a third career, this is for you too. You see, here in Looking Forward, we focus on global trends in the future, but most importantly, on the opportunities they're creating. Yes, we're all about opportunities here. Our guest experts will not only tell you about those opportunities, they will also give you some tips to help you take the first steps toward capitalizing on them. I'm your host, Jeff Ostroff. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to speak about a trend that's taken off like a rocket since COVID-19 hit the world in early 2020. Hybrid work. It offers some workers the potential to work at home, go to the office, and perform their job duties on a flexible schedule. But as we'll see, it isn't necessarily that way for everyone. In my conversation with our featured guest expert, you're going to learn such things as how he defines hybrid work, what companies are doing a good job in managing this new way of working, and what the future might look like for this trend. More importantly, you'll learn about the many opportunities our guest believes the hybrid work model may offer you. And believe me, he names a lot of them. Finally, in true looking forward opportunities fashion, you'll also get some tips on how to take the first steps towards capitalizing on one or more of these opportunities. To educate us on all this, we've brought on an outstanding guest expert. He's Gustavo Rossetti, born in Argentina and now a citizen of the United States. Gustavo Rossetti is the CEO and founder of Fearless Culture, a culture design consultancy that helps teams do the best work of their lives. For more than 20 years, Gustavo has helped leaders from Fortune 500s, startups, nonprofits, and everything in between on every continent but Antarctica. A prolific writer and author of four books on culture change, Gustavo's insights have been featured in the New York Times, Psychology Today, Forbes, BBC, and Fortune, among others. His latest book is entitled Remote Not Distant, Design a Company Culture that Will Help You Thrive in a Hybrid Workforce. You'll find more information about Gustavo by visiting our website, www.jeff-ostroff.com. Hi, Gustavo. Welcome to Looking Forward. 
Hi, Jeff. I look forward, no pun intended, to the conversation and very honored to be here. And hopefully your audience is going to enjoy our chat today. Well, thank you. We call it looking forward because we think that the information is something that people will look forward to. And I'm certainly looking forward to hearing about this topic. It's one that's of great interest to me, Gustavo. We're going to be talking about the new world of hybrid work. It may not be entirely new, and you might even want to comment on that, but it certainly has become more in vogue, and you're an expert on that. So I'd like you to please tell us how you define hybrid work so that we're all kind of understanding it from the same page, so to speak. And also, along with that, Gustavo, if you could share with us when you really think it began to take off as a trend. I know a lot of us might be thinking it was COVID, but maybe not. Absolutely. First of all, I mean, I appreciate you calling me an expert, but actually I don't like that term because when we position ourselves as experts, it's actually when we stop learning. So I like to say that I have some knowledge, a lot of knowledge because I'm curious, but I'm still, I don't think I have all the answers. So I think that's the most important thing. What I'm going to share today is my experience working with clients and also doing research, but we're still figuring out. So going back to your question, what is hybrid? We are still figuring out. It's not necessarily a new concept to your point, because since we have distributed teams, so global teams, many people started working hybrid. So you can, people couldn't be in the same space. And even if they were working in the same company office, some people, maybe a majority of those team members were in the HQ and some other people were in distributed offices. So the concept is not new. What's new? It's that it has become a question and a challenge for all organizations. So how I'm going to react to this new model. You mentioned the pandemic. So what's new is that in the past, we were used to work in one size fits all situation. So the nine to five, which wasn't ever five, it was nine to seven, whatever. Yes. That was one model. Everyone or most of us working in the same place, the same scale. The pandemic hit. And what happened is people were forced to work uh, remotely, mostly from home because there wasn't an option. So leaders didn't want that, but they had to basically take or leave it. But still, people were operating under the same time constraint, similar schedule for everyone. A hybrid, it's a spectrum of possibilities in which people now have the flexibility, not just to work from wherever they want, but also, most importantly, whenever they want. So it's about schedule flexibility and also people choosing how they want to do the work. That's the biggest shift. And there are many models. So there's one not one single hybrid model. But for example, fully remote or remote first could be one version in which most of the people work basically from their own houses or from a co-located workspaces. But then at some point, they interact and they get together. There are some people that are into this Apple, Google style in which three days a week, you have to be in the office. Two days, you have to work from home or whatever which are dictated by managers and are the less recommended model because they are the most rigid ones and they don't adapt, they don't leverage basically this idea of flexibility. Yes, and I will tell you that going back several years before COVID, Gustavo, I remember it was a big deal when we could just work virtually. I worked for an organization and their headquarters was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I was based out of Wilmington, Delaware, 
And it was such a big deal that they allowed me to not have to go to Pittsburgh. So things have really shifted and the flexibility that you mentioned is very important. I just want to add one quick thing I forgot to say at the outset, and that is that you were originally from Argentina. And why I mentioned that is not only because I commend you for your command of the English language, which you speak very well, but Looking Forward is meant to be a global podcast. And so we're honored to have you on the show because you also are from Argentina originally. And we hope that we have a lot of Argentinians listening in today to Looking Forward. Getting back to you, if you could tell us quickly, what got you interested in the hybrid workforce in the first place, Gustavo? Yeah, if we just try to zoom back a little bit, uh, my work is on the culture design space. So we help organizations and teams understand what's their current culture and rethink it and redesign it looking forward. And uh, as part of that, when the pandemic hit, most companies were stuck, like saying, okay, how are we going to work remotely? Uh, what's going to happen next? So I was actually writing a book to share my approach and my methodology when it comes to cultural design. And of course, I had to revisit the book and the approach based on the new reality. Yeah. So I started with a hypothesis. Basically, people were saying, well, things are going to go back to normal and say, no, we cannot be that stupid. Part of my friends, <laughs> after two years of this global massive experiment to basically repeat and go back to our default mode of working. We have a unique opportunity to rethink how we could work and actually find this sweet spot in which organizations get the best of people, but also people can live a more fulfilling life, can be more exciting. So that's why getting to this idea, we have the opportunity, and I'm very thankful that we help a lot of companies to transition into this new space. And I wanted to share in the book, basically everything I learned, helping companies, but also from my own mistakes and experiments, as well as interviewing lots of people across different countries, not just leaders, but I also talk to a lot of people like they call regular team members, which actually have a more profound vision because they are the ones who are running the day-to-day -day operations. Sure. When you speak about going back, we can't really go back. There are a lot of individuals, we hear about these people every day, Gustavo, who are leaving their job. Mm -hmm. Is this in part because they don't want to go back to what it used to be? Or is it just that COVID triggered this departure, this exodus from the corporation? Perfect question. I always like to approach things like what we see is the consequence of a connection, a correlation of different things that come in play, right? The media likes to simplify and they say, you no, know, those catchy headlines. No, people are leaving because they are not happy or because the pandemic. Those things definitely are affecting. So 72%, depending on the source you use, or 80% of people said that if they don't get flexibility, flexibility of schedule in their workplace, they might, not necessarily they will, might look for a new job. People are stressed out. People, I mean, the pandemic basically shook things out and people are stressed out and the basically changing job could be like restarting a relationship or moving to a different town. It's refreshing somehow. But there are three other factors, like a recent study from McKinsey reveals when it comes to why are people changing jobs. The most important element, the first trend is 
people are changing careers. So there's a lot of people that are not changing jobs to do exactly the same, but they're changing what they want to do. They realize, you know what? I'm done with being an engineer. I'm done with being a designer. I'm done with being an accountant and I'm going to start a new job. So missed opportunity. Many companies says, hey, Jeff, you're a podcast host and we just get into that box rather than say, hey, if you're unhappy, can we provide that opportunity rather than people going to another job to find that opportunity? The second reason people are leaving their jobs is because they are starting their own businesses, especially in this case in the US, but also in some countries in Europe. The creation of new businesses, so people in starting their own companies have spiked. You know, that's a huge record compared to decades ago. And the third factor, once again, connected to flexibility, people have to take care of their own personal health or someone else's health, or they have children and whatever. And going back to a regular nine to whatever job is not an option for them. All great explanations. Gustavo, I know that you have worked with clients in other parts of the world besides the United States. You have worked with clients in Asia and Europe, and I'm sure some other places around the world. Looking Forward is heard by listeners around the world. We are not U.S. focused exclusively. And so I'm wondering, in what parts of the world is hybrid work taken off? Is it taking off mostly in North America or is it taking off in other parts of the world? Maybe it's taking off more in other parts of the world. I think it's across the board. So it's a global trend. So the COVID was global. So the impact of COVID, it's global. There are great practices across the world. So for example, if we think of Spotify, they implemented a work from anywhere policy like over a year ago. They realized, you know what? We're going to give people that freedom, that flexibility to choose how, when, and where they want to work. The interesting thing is you were talking about the great resignation. Spotify, basically, turnover has gone down. So, so while uh, most companies' attrition has increased, theirs has gone down. Not only that, and this is a very important element for me, when it comes to diversity, their share of diverse like uh, minority groups have increased. And one thing that's really, really interesting, the number of female executives has tripled in a year. Basically, we talk about flexibility. I was talking about people leaving, especially women, leaving jobs because they have to take care of family members or their children. Working from anywhere policy from Spotify has allowed women to not only stay within the company, but actually they have been promoted to executive positions. So that's a great example. It is. Another great example is Airbnb, a global company. Their role, their purpose is to help people belong anywhere. So it's not just a cheaper or different option to hotels. They want to make sure they don't feel intimidated when visiting a, a new town, a new country, or the experience that you get when you go to a hotel that regardless of the city that you're visiting, they all look the same. So they provide this unique opportunity. So they say, if this is who we are, we need to also allow our people to work from anywhere. So be consistent. And in their case, they have business results in the past quarter based on this new policy. So people are not only doing great work, but actually delivering business results, which is important for executives. This is not just ah, employees are happier, but also business is thriving. 
their number of visits to their uh, jobs or career uh, website has tripled since they started this policy. Once again, people want to look and work in these type of companies. Another thing that's really, really important about Airbnb is they, they are inviting their own team members to challenge how they work. You know, so it's a very important thing that it's not just giving them flexibility, but also, hey, how do you want to work? And one thing that Brian Chesky, Airbnb CEO, said recently is if we didn't have an office in today's world, let's say that we start from scratch, no one invented the office concept. Would we invent it now? And if we did, what for? So I think that's the most important thing that we can take from people that are doing great work is rethink how you use the physical space to build relationships rather than try to, once again, go back to how you used to it. That's a wonderful example. And I love that quote from the head of Airbnb. Looking forward as its full name is really looking forward opportunities for job, career, business, and investment seekers. So we are all about opportunities here, Gustavo, as I'm sure you know. Mm -hmm. What opportunities do you believe the world of hybrid work is offering to any of the following groups? Job and career seekers, entrepreneurs, freelancers, small businesses, or investors? And you take your pick of which one or ones you want to focus on. Our listeners want to know about opportunities. Absolutely. For job seekers, the opportunity is that now you become global talent, regardless of where you want to live and where you're living now. Maybe if you don't want to move, you can access a global pool. Many, many people live in, I don't know, Europe or the US and they don't want to move to another place because they have their family. So you mentioned my, my personal story. I have to move to a different, not only to the US, but within the US three times. <laughs> because of different jobs. And my employer didn't give me an option. He said, no, you're the CEO of this company. I want you to be there. So now we have a huge possibility, both for companies and for talent, to access this global pool. In terms of investment, I think that the co-working space is something that's going to grow a lot mm. because when we talk about working remotely, that doesn't mean working from home. So it speaks to allowing people to work from places that are closer to their home so they don't need to commute, but probably you don't want to stay the whole time within that. I think that the suburbs are going to continue to explode as they uh, they already started because people are going to stay closer to their homes. So from food to uh, office spaces to technology to other types of support, anything that you can provide to people are going to be working there. So if you were a providing in a massive scale services to large offices, you can recreate that in a smaller scale and do it in a smaller town or a suburb to basically support employees. Another thing that's critical when it comes to legal or financial advice services is the complexity that companies are going through. So what happens with taxes? For example, I'm a American living in Europe, working for a South African company. The complexity of today's world is so huge, so huge that no one has cracked a new model. So the world is global, but how the governments of each country operate, it's not. So the governments, that's an opportunity. If you work in government, you need to start thinking, how can we create laws that we embrace people working across the board and rather than penalize them? Those are some initial thoughts that I have for your audience. Those are great. I really hope you're enjoying this episode so far. 
If you are, can you please do me a small favor? Let some of your family members, friends, or others in your network know about it and about looking forward opportunities for job, career, business, and investment seekers. And hey, if you happen to like this podcast, my interviewing approach, or maybe even my voice, please consider checking out some of the many services my business provides. These include podcast hosting, creation, and consulting, voiceovers, professional interviewing, production of audio or video profiles to help you sell your business, promote your services, increase your customers, or raise funding, event hosting and meeting facilitation, and services to help you market to the large and growing seniors population. That's something I've actually written a book about. To learn more, please visit www.jeff-ostroff.com. You can also email me at jeff at jeff-ostroff.com. Now let's get back to this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. Let me ask you to go back to something you said earlier. You mentioned about the suburbs. Do you see opportunities for investment for entrepreneurs, freelancers, small businesses in more rural areas as well? There are places where the cost of living can be much lower and you could just situate yourself. Do you see that happening too beyond, say, suburban areas? Absolutely. I mean, if you look at Germany, their approach is always like a promoting local business and local towns. So it's more distributed. However, in the US, the model, and that's why many people are fighting back and they're resisting hybrid because the model was huge concentration, huge buildings, a lot of technology in one place and people have to commute. Now, rural, to your point, is an amazing opportunity. The government of the US is investing in broadband to make it access of a high-speed internet everywhere. So that was one of the barriers. If you're a freelancer or entrepreneur, say, hey, I don't want to move to the countryside because there's no internet. Now that's going to change. It's actually changing already. So that's a huge opportunity. I mean, for example, not only you can live in a cheaper area, nice, <laughs> breathe nicer air, but for example, you can turn a huge cabin into a space for co-working. And then I always say that People need to meet from time to time. Teams need to meet. Well, you can create a co-working space to host teams when they get together once a quarter, twice a year, and they can also do some team building activities, but they also can discuss their strategy and what better place to go to than the countryside rather than go to another city. And no, it's not so cool. I think that's excellent. It reminds me years ago, I had a bike touring business, Gustavo only operated on weekends. It was a sideline job, what today they call a side hustle. And uh-huh. we deliberately would take people out of Philadelphia and out of New York, those urban areas, and bring them to a place that was more rural and have them ride their bikes. It was an escape. And what you've alluded to reminds me of that. So there are some good opportunities, people, if you're interested as an investor, as an entrepreneur, as a freelancer, perhaps outside of the big cities and even the suburban areas when you think about this hybrid workforce. Now, Looking Forward also gets its name because we are looking into the future, Gustavo. We're upbeat, we're looking forward to things, but we're looking into the future. What's your best guess as to how you think hybrid work is going to evolve through the rest of this decade? I sometimes see things written where they say, we're going to pull back on this. 
you remember you said it'd be stupid to go back, but I sometimes read, well, maybe companies are going to pull back. What do you see happening, at least in this decade? I'm not a person who likes to make predictions, but I like to imagine scenarios. No, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I say, let's explore possibilities and let's see which opportunities we can uncover. That's fine. To your point, I think, yeah, people are going to push back. Every change in human history is not linear. No, so this is not going to be up. Probably some companies are pulled back. Some companies are going to accelerate the transition and adoption of hybrid. As I just mentioned, I gave you some examples, but many other companies like pharmaceuticals, financial services are getting back to that for different reasons, their business, but mostly because of their leadership. (laughs) So people that are beyond their sixties and they want to change. Okay. So one thing that I see is the, our relationship with work, it's changing. And this connects to our previous uh, conversation about opportunities. So, for example, we were taught that you have a one career, one job. Now we can have two careers and two jobs at the same time. So this is a great opportunity, not only for employees, but also for entrepreneurs. So rather than find your one startup that's going to become your business, you can run two or three startups. Think about two or three small businesses. And the volume, and actually it's like betting, no? Probably one is going to die in the index and there's going to explore. Right. I think that startups need to think into two or three options rather than the one. And the same happens with jobs. So you can have more than one. You don't need to change career. You can adapt or adopt a new career and then work in two companies. Not even in, I mean, you can work, don't the gig economy is not about being a freelancer. It's also be a free employee. Free, I don't know what the term could be. No, we're talking about freelancer, free. Yeah, right. No, either. <laughs> so working at two semi-full-time jobs. That's a huge opportunity. Both also happens with companies when they need to let go of people because they cannot afford them. Well, what if you offer them a four-hour job? So it's a way of keeping your best talent when you are going through a, a downturn. You mentioned people resisting, and I think that some people are betting on recession. They're saying the recession is not here. The numbers of, I mean, levels of employment are even better than people predicted. No, but people say, ha, ah, if we have a recession, we have more power. My point with that is how can you think that because the economy goes down a little bit, you're going to force people? That's counterintuitive. No, I think that we're going to see some companies are going to go really, really fast into this and some companies are going to go back. And then the companies are going to back. Some are going to disappear or they're going to be left with a crappy talent. But then when they have a, a management update or refresh and a new leadership comes to town, those companies are going to catch up. I made a comment about leaders being 60 plus, And I think this is very important for your audience. It's not the younger generations, the only ones who are pushing for this flexible work. People like me in their mid-50s are also all in, full but into I want flexibility, I want to go to your office only when I need to. So it's very important for the audience to understand that and also for leaders because they think, ah, this is a younger generation thing. They don't get it. <laughs> it's not. Yes, I'm with you there. I'm also with you in terms of the idea of people being able to perhaps engage in more than one business activity. Works well, by the way, for people like me who have ADD. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great thing, you know? kind of person who picks up three books and reads a page from each book a day. You know how that goes, right? Are you talking about you or about me? (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's great. One of the things that we like to do on Looking Forward, Gustavo, and you certainly 
we'll be able to do this is we like to tap into our experts' knowledge. And I know you don't want to be an expert, but you know 5% more than I do, and that makes you an expert, right? (laughs) Okay, by that definition. What are some tips that you can give our listeners, no matter where they live, on what they need to do to tap into one or more of the opportunities that you mentioned? And you mentioned quite a few of them. I think that the first thing is we need to let go of the beliefs, you know, that were implanted <laughs> through role modeling, education, TV shows, whatever about what work and our career is. The truth is we're going to work many more years in our lives than it was originally planned because we're going to live longer. The social security system or retirement benefits and many other stuff in the economy are screwed up. So you know what? I'm going to retire when I'm 30. It's not going to happen. It might happen for some, but a few. But also, if we're going to live 90, 100, or even more, probably my kids are going to live, I don't know, 120 years and and count. (laughs) You don't want to retire from life. So that's going to mean that we're going to change career like three, four, five times in our life because some careers are going to disappear. Our interests are going to change. Our skills are going to change. And our curiosity and what drives us also is going to shift. So I think that people need to start with a, don't get stuck with the, my career, but basically be open to explore opportunities. And when something starts feeling, oh, I'm not enjoying this anymore. Well, maybe it's time to start exploring something else in that regards, because we're going to change a lot. Changes don't need to be dramatic. So stop this idea of, oh, I'm going to quit my job and start something new. No, prepare for what's next. No. So transitions especially if they're structural, require that you learn something new, new skills that you prepare. Learning languages, if you want to move into a different city, that's going to help you a lot. Learning about different foods and culture, and it's also going to make it easier for people to move to different places. No? So don't think that because you speak I don't know, English and you're going to be working remotely for a, an American company or British company, you're going to be right because then you need to fit in into the society. Let go of beliefs, be open to change, but most importantly, don't get into this anxiety. I need to fulfill my purpose tomorrow. No, be intentional, explore. And when you feel that you're ready for, take the leap. That doesn't mean be conservative, but also don't be just, uh, I'm bored, I'm going to change. Because you're going to get bored too easy because your life plan and your career is going to be longer than everyone else's. Those are fantastic suggestions. And it's almost like when I look at this, Gustavo, It's again, kind of a double-edged sword. On the one hand, when I started work, there was an expectation that you were going to be there for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And that was a little scary and concerning. And I did make a couple of changes in my career. The positive side was I got a pension because of two-thirds of my career, I was with an organization where they gave you a pension. On the other hand, today, in a situation where you're working, you will find yourself perhaps not with the pension, you alluded to that, but you have more flexibility and you don't necessarily have to feel hemmed in about what you're going to to do with the rest of your life. So many of us would go to college thinking, I better figure it out now because this is college and the next thing is my job and what am I going to do? And as you well know, many of us change, as you alluded to, our thinking and our interests and it's good to not be stuck in one thing. Is there anything else that you think we ought to share with our listeners about the opportunities that the hybrid workforce may offer them, Gustavo? 
You talk about education. No? I think there's, we didn't tap into that. That's another opportunity. First, people don't know where to go when it comes. I mean, of course, I'm happy that they reach out and say, hey, can you help? But yeah. there's no training, formal training for leaders. No? So that's another opportunity. Educators or consultants or entrepreneurs to help organizations first understand how to make a hybrid right. I wrote a book and I could have written three on the topic because things keep changing and I keep learning new stuff as I do work with my clients and also talk to our experts in the, in the field and also call experts. I mean, leadership programs are basically training people to lead in a world that's, it was already obsolete, the approach two, three years ago. Now they don't even talk about hybrid. And what it takes, the role of leaders completely change. So in the past, leaders design, define how the company operates. Today, they need to create the environment and let people decide how they want to work and they need to facilitate it. So basically remove the speed bumps. That's one thing that Google says you know, that recently. Now they're asking their employees, tell us how can we remove the speed bumps so you can do better work faster. So that's the facilitators of culture I call leaders today. So those are some of the things. Another thing that we talk about when it comes to a career and that stuff is universities or consultants could help people like design your long-term career, but also design the different sprints, the different changes. So when you go and study one career, either you become a doctor, an engineer, an architect, but no one prepares you to pivot. And the same way your audience, your entrepreneurs are pivoting their model, their business model, their startup. So we need to embrace that same approach. So maybe it's about embracing a startup mindset, either for creating your own business or for developing and designing your own career. Those are great thoughts. And what it opened up in my mind, Gustavo, was how our educational institutions, as well as our corporate leaders, can play an important role in this shift that we've been talking about here. This has been fantastic. Lots of great insights from you. I'm calling you an expert, Gustavo. I don't care what you say. <laughs> and what I want to know... And so what I, I wouldn't take it as an insult. More, my, my reflex is one like a, it's an invitation for other people that are listening to your show. I'm probably going to be talking to you in the future to keep your... I always say empty your cup. Don't let what you know become a hindrance for you to learn more things in the future. Absolutely. I used to say when I was on the speaking circuit, marketing to people over 50. People over 50 would prefer not to grow older, but to grow older with the emphasis being on growth. And that's what I think you've <laughs> talked about. Gustavo, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you, to learn more about what you do, your books, and how they might use your services? Absolutely. They can go, I mean, it's easy to find on LinkedIn. So if they look for Gustavo Rossetti, that's easy because there's <laughs> last time I checked, there's someone else with that combination of first and last name. So it's easy to find and also very active there. I have a lot of uh, content that I publish. And then they can visit my corporate website, which is fearlessculture.design. It's not .com, it's .design. Fearlessculture.design. Not only you can subscribe to our free newsletter that we send lots of insight tools and uh, articles to share with people if they're curious about culture, leadership, team development. 
We also have over 600 articles, including lots of free downloads, tools, facilitation guides. So there's a lot of content that you as an entrepreneur or curious person can go there and start using and applying with your clients or, or teams. Well, that's a lot of information for people to take advantage of. And hopefully they can also avail themselves of your services. I want to make sure everybody knows this. It will be posted in the show notes, but Gustavo's name is spelled G-U-S-T-A-V-O, last name R-A-Z-Z-E-T-T-I. Gustavo, it's been great having you on Looking Forward Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. And I wish you much continued success with what you're doing. It is so important. Thank you, Jeff. It's been an honor. I really, really appreciate our conversation. Love your questions and everything that you had and the dialogue that we had together. And I hope your audience benefits from that. Have fun. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Looking Forward, Opportunities for Job, Career, Business, and Investment Seekers. I hope you've enjoyed it and will benefit from it. And if you did like it, Please share this episode with anyone you know who you think might also find it of value. And if you have any comments or questions about Looking Forward or any suggestions for future topics or guest experts, you can reach me at the website www.jeff-ostroff.com or through my email address jeff at jeff-ostroff.com. Thanks. 